Hello there, welcome to Talent and Growth. I'm your host, Paul Church. I'm also the co-founder of the Nemo Group. More on that later on. But for now, this is the introduction to your one-stop shop on all things talent attraction and talent retention. This is for talent acquisition professionals. This is for people professionals. This is for HR professionals. This is for business leaders. This is for anybody who wants to keep and attract the best people to their business. Today, we are talking about the importance and the application and the impact of coaching. Coaching in your business and specifically revolutionizing the workplace through coaching. And we're joined by Sonia Schiribold and Carmen Stam, both working at Headroom Assistance, and they have successfully implemented this program and Carmen is a great example of the results of that and they're both going to be talking us through how you can do it, why you should do it and what it's going to look like at the end. So a really good introduction to coaching and even if this is something you've got implemented in your business you're bound to find something in this conversation that will help you get even better at it. So without further ado here is Carmen and Sonia. Whoopsie hang on one minute forgot to mention the Anemo Group. I've got a question. Are you concerned that an embedded talent function would not give you the results that you need in your business? I understand that. There's a lot of bad examples of embedded talent out there. There's a lot of companies who have gone into businesses and not delivered what they said they were going to deliver. So for us, the happiness of our clients is so important and we are so certain that we can deliver what we say we're going to deliver, that we offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, 100%, no questions asked. If you don't think we're working in the way you want us to work, or you're not comfortable, or you whatever reason at all, you don't like the cut of my jib, or whoever's jib it is we put on site with you, we will give you your money back straight away. I don't think there's any other embedded talent businesses who do that. We do it because we know we can deliver, and we only want to take your money if you're happy with the work we're doing for you. So if you're interested in that, Risen at getting the best people in your business at no risk, give me a shout. Paul Church, paul at theanemogroup.com. Now, back to Paul. Welcome, Sonia and Carmen, to Talent and Grow. Thank you very much for joining me today. Before we go into our topic around coaching in the business, um, I'd love it if you could both give us a, an introduction into, into who you are and what you do. So, Sonia, if you wouldn't mind, give us a little bit of an introduction. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having us today, Paul. My name is uh, Sonia Schiebold. Um I uh, am the International Head of People at Headroom Assistance. I um, have been in HR for the past 11 years have been in corporate settings uh, and have been in headroom assistant in my current function uh, since November. Um, uh, and um, who am I as a person? I'm a people person. I, I love to look at um, uh, our team as human capital. So I think the power we have within our company is our people. Um, and uh, this is what I love to do every day in, in my work. Perfect. Well, you're in the right place with this podcast then. Thank you very much for joining us. Carmen, Please, a little bit of an introduction to who you are and what you do. Thank you for having us. Um, so my name is Carmen Stamm. I am um, turning 35 tomorrow. So uh, I've been with Headroom for four years now, a little over four years. And um, I have a service uh, background. So I uh, studied hotel management where I really um, learned to 
give the best service. So um, when I started at Headroom, I started as a junior EA without any experience. And I um, grew quite fast and learned that um, helping my colleagues develop, bringing over um, my knowledge is something that I really like doing. And I got the chance to become a coach at Headroom, um, which is something I've been doing for about three years now. So uh, that's really why I'm here, I guess. <laughs> um, on a personal side, I uh, have a little daughter of 20, year, uh, 20 months, <laughs> um, which uh, is very interesting, new time in my life. And um, it's also something I really enjoy next to my work. I think we get a lot of time uh, from Headroom to develop that side as well, which is really nice. Fantastic. Thanks, Carmen. And absolutely, I think that is why you're here, because we're going to be talking about internal coaches, why businesses should do it, how to do it, what the results are. Um, happy birthday for tomorrow, though. What have you got planned? I don't know yet, because uh, uh, I think my, my boyfriend has something planned. I don't know what. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm excited. <laughs> Good. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you for doing this today. So let's go into... Um, Let's talk a little bit about Headroom Assistance and the current team you're working with. Paint me a picture of what the business is like in the team setup. Yeah, I will be taking this one. Um, Headroom Assistance is a niche company. And why am I saying niche? Because um, we are a human services company. So uh, what do we do? We have um, executive assistance um, uh, in uh, really working for us. Uh, so it's our own team. We are at the moment uh, 35 people. And then um, uh, you need to think about a combination of staff functions. So marketing, HR, um, the sales side, etc., plus our uh, EA team. We are located, um, the biggest part of our team is located in Europe um, and um, founded in the Netherlands 10 years ago. Um, and we also work in the US. Um, so um, we we are just doing a transformation of remote first. So um, basically what we have, we have an office in Amsterdam where you can go into the office, uh, but most of our colleagues dial in from a remote setting. And um, uh, and I think it's, it's pretty unique because we say, you know, like we're working as an EA team. Huh? So it's not that you're just um, um, having a service of one dedicated uh, EA for your company, but uh, we are here as a team. So that also means like if um, your EA is going on vacation, someone will take over. Um, and um, so we are also working with handovers. We are also working with different levels. Um, and I think looking in, into our EA team, what is also interesting um is that we are working with different levels. So um, uh, when you join as a junior, you're really coming in as a um, uh, de developing uh, EA and uh, we're working with three different levels. So developing is the lowest or like the most junior. Then you go into advanced um, and then um, the most senior function is the expert. And, um, and then looking fr from there, you can also grow into uh, the final stage and that is an expert and coach. And which industries are you operating in typically? Um, yeah, that is, um, um, 
we cannot say we just um, operate in one industry uh, because our we call our clients our members. They are typically uh, tech entrepreneurs, uh, so uh, tech scale-ups, startups, um, uh, uh, remote working companies. Uh, um, and um, that could be someone working in deep tech, that could be someone working in um, the HR services industry, but that could also be someone working in, I think one of the biggest clients at the moment is a... Um, uh, amusement park um, management team member. So, um, uh, and I think Carmen can can uh, tell a bit more about it. Uh, what kind of task is someone doing, etc. Um, so we don't work in one specific industry, but we say, okay, the the role that fits best is a tech entrepreneur or a C level management. Makes sense. Okay. And so, how does the business look at talent retention and the internal talent pipeline? Uh, I think I can be taking this question. Um, so what we try to do within Headroom is um, help develop our EAs, so the base, the uh, junior EAs to become uh, more mid-level and seniors. So we try to help them uh, in developing and upskilling. Um, and this is something that helps talent retention, I think. They are motivated. Um, they get the chance to develop themselves, which uh, I think is something that really motivates someone to stay with a company and to be able to grow and um, use their skills for different types of um, tasks. And that's something that I think looking at Gen Z, people that job hop a lot, um, helps people stay with headroom for a longer period of time. Okay, maybe adding to this one now, I think it's also when we look into the talent market. Uh, so um, we are higher internationally. Yeah? So um, you could be um, working in, in a different country than the Netherlands, for instance. Uh, but what we also see is that um, uh, development of the talent internally is crucial because um, uh, like the first, I would say, like three months, you're really investing in someone, you're onboarding someone, you're um, upskilling that person. You're also helping them learning our way of working um, and by having three different levels internally um, we're also safeguarding that people actually have the opportunity to grow and it's not like okay you're working with us and then after one year it, it's not interesting anymore so you need to leave um, um, and for us that is also a plus on the talent attraction side because uh, you're actually selling even more than just one function. Um, so you're also um, providing some opportunities um, and, and that also means you, you can um, stay in a different talent pool. So um, I, in the beginning, you, you can hire talent that um, might just have uh, finished education. Uh, you, you can help them in, in, in growing in a job and, and literally, uh, okay, what does it mean to work eight hours a day? Um, but then um, it doesn't uh, mean they need to leave again, uh, but they can stay with us because they can still um, upskill their, their uh, skills, etc. That makes sense. And of course, the business has made a very conscious decision to invest in internal coaches. So, so why was this and, and what's been the return of this on this investment? I think here as well, it's because we work with different levels, of course, that um, we needed to uh, help develop skills. Um, I think that when uh, people are sick or they are off on holiday, we work in a quite a different way than um uh, other companies usually do. So we take over the work from someone that's off 
And we always try to maintain the same service level for every member that we're assisting, but we need to be able to uh, give the same service when you're a junior EA, but also when you're an expert. So that's uh, one of the reasons why we really consciously uh, decided to help uh, develop skills. Um, Again, also here, I think um, we wanted to grow our team and keep our colleagues happy. And I think having coaches in place is something that helps in this part as well, because we know what's going on in the company. We know what's happening with our colleagues. Um, They usually really trust us with certain information. So we're able to step in and... um, take over when we think something is needed in the company. Um, And I also think that this helps with um, EA staying with us for a longer period of time because they know there is a next step and we know what they want and what they need. So we do try to implement that into the uh, entire trainings that we give. Can you elaborate a bit on the the role of EAs in your coaching program and I suppose why you chose to invest in their development? Yes, I think uh, so an EA at Headroom, um, as an EA at Headroom, we assist different members. So we assist usually a package of members. It might be uh, three or four, depending on how big a member base is. Um, And we can step in anywhere to um, take away work from the executives that we assist. Uh, That means that we can plan an offsite, we can help out in getting fundings, but we can also do the basic calendar management. So it's really uh, diverse. And um, we are able to step in wherever a member needs us. So um, since we work with the different service levels that we have right now, or not service levels, but the different levels in EAs, we want to maintain um, the same service level for each member that we assist. And I think um, we need to motivate people to be able to deliver the same service, even if it's not your member. So we work with different member bases. And um, I think our members need to know that they have the same service, whoever is assisting them. It's a big commitment for the senior EAs to spend 40% of their time coaching. So how do you ensure that everyone still manages their time and and works on their primary, the primary parts of their roles? Uh, This is pretty interesting because um, it's something that's always moving within the company. Uh, Senior EAs that are coaches have a a smaller package of members that they assist. So instead of four, we would usually have two or three if they are a bit smaller. Um, And we are supposed to be able to plan ahead. So we are EAs, we are really good at planning. So we know which uh, periods in the year are a lot more busy. So we know when to have help in place. Um, Usually June and December are uh, periods in the team that are a bit more busy for the coaches because we have assessment periods at that time. So we have a mid-year assessment uh, in June and we have uh, the end-of-year assessment at the end of the year where we know that we have a lot of work to do. We have to um, go to 
quality frameworks. That's how we measure the level uh, that people are assisting at. And that's also a part that uh, we need to look into and needs a lot of more time. So we have um, uh, a moment with our CFO every week. I have a moment with him to sit down and see how much time really goes into work. How much time is everyone um, recording for their member work? And that's also how we plan ahead. So we know when the... Yeah, the most busy period comes and when we need to have some extra hands to help us out. Um, But this is also how we look at uh, our EAs. Do they have enough um, um, work around? Do they have enough... um, do they have enough time to be able to develop themselves in different parts of the, the, the member work that we do? So that's something we uh, dive into every week and make a plan. I understand that the, the mantra smart work is better than hard work is important. How does that influence your approach to coaching? I think um, what we, um, I think Carmen mentioned it already, eh? like we look at the role of the coaches and also internal coaching as a an agile concept, I would say. Um, and that is also why I related to smart instead of hardworking. Eh? So what do we do? Um, also beginning of this year, we said, you know, like the coach team is actually now part of my people team. Um, and that also means like we have very direct lines um, and we know quite quickly what is going on, where do we need to act on. Um, and uh, we have a framework uh, that is set. So what kind of meetings we have when we speak to each other, um, how we communicate, what kind of communication is important. And by having that framework, we, we can make uh, choices on a daily basis. So what's prior, what's smart to do today, what don't we do, um, when do we, for instance, also communication-wise, um, how can we make sure the message comes across to the full team if we have something to announce um, but al- also how do we make that in a smart way how do how do we use automation uh, we are currently introducing chat gpt um, really looking into okay how can we challenge ourselves how can we make that in a smart way how can we use templates how can we set up a framework of people com- uh, communications that is also used by the coaches towards the team and i think one one other example is also the um, how do we assess our team uh? so really looking into uh, smart working and not hard working so for instance when do we know our members will be going on vacation what are the moments that we know like this service as such is um, is in a period that is, is less busy than uh, for instance just because before all Christmas dinners etc um, so uh, we, we literally look into okay what kind of workload is a hata and also what Carmen said uh, like we have a close alignment be- between people and CFO, uh, so the finance department, and the same also counts for the um, sales department and uh, the people department, because um, you also need strong alignment on, okay, how many new members are onboarded, and can we actually take that on as a team? Uh, and, and can we also safe, safeguard the quality? Um, so I think we, we safeguard smart working by having a set framework, direct lines it's a small team it's also it's um we're working remote but um we're really trying to live a culture where people are approachable um, uh, also me as head of people it's fine to approach me also from the EA team you know like we're trying to not, not have too many borders in between same goes for the CFO and also goes for the CEO 
Um, and I think in that way, um, yeah, w- we made tremendous steps, especially uh, in 2023, on how to work smarter um, and, and also on, uh, for instance, close alignment with the marketing and communication manager on, on what's our style of communication, what kind of templates do we use, how do we... Uh, communicate internally and also externally uh, how can we reuse our storyline fantastic makes sense this this obviously sounds like a great idea for businesses to do so let's talk through how a company can implement a coaching program from scratch what are the steps um, I think the first one, if you consider, um, uh, like, what's your question on internal job mobility? Uh, so um, do you have a need? Uh, would you like to develop into your, um, into your team? Uh, so do you want people to stay longer? I think for me, that is the core question before setting up a program as such. Uh, because 40, 40% of the time of the uh, most senior people in your team is also a time and money investment, right? So I think the first one, is really an analysis on okay do I have a need to develop my people and how would I like to set that that up uh? um, and then uh, for us uh, we uh, are also currently re, re uh, drafting our approach on okay where do we find that talent uh? so because our approach is really like we develop the coaches internally so uh, we don't have a vacancy and we have people externally coming in uh? but um, first option is the uh, talent supply is um, uh, is done internally. Uh? So we're also offering talent internally the opportunity to grow. Um, so I think that would be the second step, really looking into your team and into your workforce. Uh, who do you have in-house? Who could take up such a role? Um, and then I think it's also the third one is realizing, okay, what does it need? Uh? So in how far do you need um, uh, an onboarding or a training program for these coaches? Uh? What kind of time investment do you think is realistic? And when is someone up to par? Um, and for instance, we are currently uh, developing a program where from an, if you are an expert uh, EA in our team, um, we are looking into an eight weeks program. A combination of um, joining coaching sessions with the senior coaches, also uh, being part of the people team, um, also having an external training uh, on being a good coach. Um, that is really something where we say, you know, it needs to be a combination of external training and really skill uh, skill development uh, because um, we are working with them. Um, um, mid-level um, slash senior people. Uh, so it's not that we are um, asking a very senior coach to come in, uh, but we are developing our, our own crowd. Um, and I think it's the combination of theoretical knowledge plus also providing the opportunity on the job to learn that um, makes it a success. Um, and, and one last but not least thing, I think it's very important for the internal employer branding because um, uh, this is also like what we saw in the past half year, I would say that um, uh, the coach team also has a pretty good standing. So it is a function that people would like to grow into. Um, So you're also role modeling in that one. Um, And um, you're saving money by by not needing to externally hire um, and rehire and uh, losing losing great talent. What are some of the challenges that businesses can expect when setting up a, when setting up a coaching program, and how can we how can businesses overcome them? I think when uh, we look at challenges that we um, might face, you can look at um, different people wanting the role. So when uh, a coaching position uh, comes up, you need to have 
the right people react to the uh, role that you have. Um, I also think that that's where we come in um, as coaches when coaching our team to make sure they know that they have the right skills at the right time. Um, but there is, of course, also um, a part of salary, which comes, um, which also plays a role when wanting to become a coach. So there are different aspects that people can have um, uh, internal um How would you say that? Um, uh, Durations, I think. Yes. To uh, to, um, want to get the job. So we do want to uh, motivate the right people at the right time. I think that's um, a a main thing. But I think there's also um, a, a gap analysis that we need to make as a company. Like, what is it that we need? What is it that we have to offer right now? And um, try to fi- fill in the gap there. Sometimes it might happen that we don't have the right people at the right time. So we need to offer more uh, trainings and development uh, to the co- within the company, I think. And um, I think the right way to overcome this is to already have people training um, the team that's in place and offering trainings to them, uh, offering um, different types of training. Yeah, and maybe adding to this one, uh, what could also go wrong? Um, I think the the coach also has a pretty sensitive spot in the organization as such. Uh, so uh, dealing with a lot of confidential information um, is also somehow the spokesperson of how um, how you do something within an organization. Uh, and if someone doesn't have the the right interest in mind, you know that that person can pretty quickly have a big impact. Um, so I think the uh, strong alignment on how do you work, what do you do, how, what kind of communication do you use is very important. And I think also, for instance, when you look into assessments, uh, what, what we currently saw, calibration moments are very important uh, because um, we also... Um, we find it important that um, uh, different perspectives come to the table, uh, uh, but that could also mean that someone is scoring an EA on a service level and, and also on the performance side in a different way than uh, the, the other person is doing that, right? So uh, we also implemented moments of calibration where we literally dive into, okay, how do you look at it? What do you bring to the table? Why do does our perspective differ? Um, and I think that is very crucial for success to to monitor, but also to uh, keep up the honest conversation on how do you look at things, right? Because um, I think if you just let it go and you um, let everyone do their own kind of way of coaching, um, then you could also bump into a situation where, um, yep, People do it in a different way, or maybe they they also bring bring across messages, or they favor some colleagues over others. Uh, whereas that is not based on uh, neutral uh, performance uh, measures, etc. Adding to that, I think it's also uh, very important to have steps set out so that the the EAs in our uh, case know what 
to expect, know which uh, path they're going to walk to be able to, to become an EA and know that when uh, a, a coach and know that when they become a coach, um, what the steps are they're going to make. So we work with the eight a week plan at the moment, but this is something that we reevaluate all the time because we need something different uh, at different periods of time. So I think that's also very important within the team to know uh, what the steps are to be taken. And we made, we talked about success then. What it looks like? How? What was? What's the? What's the rule? Do you think for measuring success of a coaching program? So um, what we do, we have um, sessions, one-on-one sessions with the EAs. So um, depending on the level they're at, we have either a weekly check-in, a bi-weekly or a monthly check-in. And we always uh, do a quality framework. This is something we do on a monthly basis to just go through uh, the members they support and to see what work they are delivering. These Findings are something we always discuss in our sessions. So to mention, okay, these are the aspects you need to work on, we can develop on. Um, Then we have, like I mentioned before, we have um, two assessment periods a year. So a mid-year, which we just had, and uh, the end of year. In these um, sessions, you um, uh, you also discuss what's needed. So at the mid-year, that's, some, that's the assessments we just had. We always uh, discuss, okay, to be able to grow to the next level, you need to be able to um, uh, meet your goals at the end. This is what we need to do. And that's something we use the sessions for to develop, to help develop. Um, then I also think that because we do the work and we have a connection with the EAs that we coach, we know what's happening. We know what's going on um, in the team. We know what's needed. We know when they're happy or when they're a bit less happy, of course. And we know um, how to step in. There's a smooth transition between uh, the coaches and the people team. So we are able to step in when we see or hear things that are happening that we need to act on. Yeah, and I think maybe also adding to this one, it's by by doing the coach work as such, we also were able in the past month to finalize our ICP. Yeah? So really looking into okay, what kind of internal talent is actually developing in the way we would like to. Huh? Um, so in our people team, we also have an in-house recruiter and um, the coaches and the recruiter, they could sit on a table and say, you know, like, okay, what are the findings we, we saw from uh, the past coachings we had and, talent development, et cetera, promotions we saw in the team, and how can we trans, uh, translate them into our ideal ICP? So really looking, okay, what kind of candidates, ideal candidates are we recruiting? Who is actually, who should come into our team um, in the future? Um, so I think that is uh, is also for another company could be very valuable because by, by doing the coaching as such, you, you have much more clear on, okay, what kind of profiles are succeeding in our business? Huh? Because there are also some other profiles where in the beginning you think, okay, we, we made a great hire, uh, but the fit is not there, right? So it's um, um, that's also one of the, the business aspects um, we find very valuable. Could you, get, I suppose, just give an example, I suppose, in the result of how a successful coaching program has transformed the business? 
Looking at the past years, of course, with COVID, um, a lot has happened. I think um, there have been a lot of members that, uh, due to economical reasons, had to um, um, stop their subscriptions with Headroom, um, which, of course, as a company, is something that you need to uh, act on. I think also uh, here we have managed to get out of like the woods because we did go through um, uh, quite a hectic period uh, in the last, I think, year and a half. And we are able to say now that we have a really steady team. We were able to um, uh, dive into um, what our EAs needed, but also have a steady member base at the moment because the service level is really high. We were able to help our EAs that were stuck at home um, to be happy, to still feel happy. And um, I, I mean, people can get like really depressed at home. So that's something that we were really able to help in. And um, I really think that looking at a year ago, we have a really steady base at the moment. Our EAs are doing well, they're happy, uh, but also our members, our members, all the uh, evaluations we have with them also mention that they are really happy with the service that we deliver. So I think the coaching program really helped in that. Yeah, and I think adding to the steadiness of the team as such and, and being faster and making decisions are because we know faster. Um, for me, it's it's also keeping talent, you know, because it's um, literally looking into the coach team we had two months ago. Three of them actually stayed because they, they liked the opportunity to be a coach and also become part of the people team, right? Um, and we, we are operating in a market where especially also I'm in close contact with the members that um, – our talent is also visible on a, in, in the talent market, right? So that also means like there are external uh, offers coming in for other jobs, external opportunities, et cetera. And I think by, by um, having the opportunity for our senior uh, EAs to become a coach and also to have an impact and, and also function as a bridge between the EA team and the staff and management team, um, I think literally we, we can keep um, some of our biggest talents uh, in-house. So, and having been on this journey now and, and being able to have the benefit of being able to look back, what, what, what advice would you give to organizations who are looking to establish a coaching program for, of their own? Um, I think it's uh, relating back to what I what I said before. I think the the um, basic question is what are you which uh, problem are you fixing? Um, what time and money investment are you making by freeing up someone's time to invest in internal coaching? I think that is um, a very important one. And then is also realizing it's not gonna just happen. Um, you need a program. You need mentoring for that. Uh, you need allyship internally. Yeah, so uh, the financial department needs to be on board, the um, management needs to be on board, and the people side needs to be on board. Um, uh, I think it's it's also next to that uh, what Carmen mentioned, the agility of it. So um, 
letting go of the thought of just setting up one program and that will stay the same program for the coming 10 years. Um, make sure to have uh, fixed moments to check in. Okay, are we still on track? Are we still um, managing the, the right problems? Um, are we still um, uh, in good contact with our core business? Um, I think that is a very important one. Um, and I think it's, it's also realizing at what moment do you need external knowledge? Because it could also be that you say, you know, like um, my coach team is so senior um, and we cannot deliver the expertise they need anymore. So that that means you need to look into coaching as such externally or um, some extra deep dive sessions, etc. So um, stay on top of uh, your game. <laughs> and looking ahead, I suppose, final question, how, how do you see the role of internal coaching involving, evolving sorry, in the business landscape? Well, I think that um, when a company wants to have an internal uh, a coaching program, they are able to really develop their company. Have people stick um, in with their company, have people with, from within um, really grow. And I think that is something that is going to help evolve uh, companies throughout. I think what I mentioned before, the, the real uh, job hoppers, the Gen Z that we are working with now really will get um, a chance to stay and stick with a company. Looking at myself, um, I wouldn't have thought that I would be with a company for five years, which might sound strange, but for me in my generation, it's something that you would look ahead. Okay, where am I going to get motivated uh, in a few years time? And right now I still feel like in five years time, I could still be with Headroom because I know that I'm getting the right, um, I am also getting the right coaching from within. So I think that's something to really um, look at as a company. Yeah, and I think adding to that one is um, making a conscious choice of do, do you need an internal program or would you like to go external? How big are you as a company? Can you afford it? Uh, what's your service are? Because um, uh, at Hadron Assistance, um, our EAs are also the the service we are we are offering, right? So it's um, it, it's also the product we are working with. Um, and I think um, looking into, I think there was also a. a quite a big wave of agile coaches and um, uh, and they were let go in the past um, uh, month uh, within different industries um, but uh, but I do think if you turn it around and you say like you the coach program as such is so highly linked to the product itself and also the coaches as such um, for instance within Hadrum assistance have the same experience and and are really on top of, okay, what kind of um, workday does someone have and, and really also have an, a deep understanding of the work as such. Um, I think that is uh, a pretty cool uh, model to, to use in different industries. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, a great blueprint for internal co coaching and some great reasons why to do it. So, Sonia, Carmen, thank you so much for being a part of Talent and Growth. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for listening to today's episode. All I ask in return for this fantastic content that we're producing for you every week is that you hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button. It helps us, it grows the movement, helps me attract even more amazing guests. Please do that for me today. You'll make me very happy. Apart from that, I'll see you next time.